Welcome to Fried, the Burnout Podcast, Season 5. The goal of each Fried episode, whether you're an entrepreneur, parent, employee, or otherwise defined, is to create moments of spontaneous healing by ensuring that you feel seen, heard, connected to others, and validated. By doing this, Fried fulfills its mission to kill the shame, blame, and judgment associated with burning out, and Fried adds to its original goal of creating a movement to hashtag end burnout culture. Should you need a coach, Fried coaches are standing by to help guide you through recovery. Book a call anytime by visiting the links in the show notes. Should you need a speaker, you can hire me, Kate, and you can rest assured that your people will have fun and learn about burnout at the same time. In the meantime, I'm ready to give you this week's episode, which will help you heal just a little bit more, starting now. Hello, Fried Fam! This week I have such a treat for you, and I've been waiting to have this conversation for about six months, and I needed it to come at the right time. And since season five is dedicated to entrepreneurs, it seemed like this was going to be the absolute best time. So today... I get to chat with Aneka Roberts, who is an operations consultant. She helps establish coaches and creatives break up with being the bottleneck in their own business by designing systems that back their brilliance. I love this. Her clients feel exquisitely supported as they grow their impact and income. Aneka. Hi, Caitlin. Thank you so much for having me on. I feel like we're like kindred spirits from the beginning, right? We've been trying to um, catch each other to do this podcast. And here we are. Mm -hmm. And here we are. I'm so excited. So as every podcast goes on Friday, every episode, we start with your burnout story. And then we use that to talk about everything else. But before we start, I just want everybody to know that after we tell Aneka's story, we're going to be really looking at how systems support your business because that's what she specializes in. So this is especially true for our entrepreneurs. And I want you to really pay attention because this might literally save you and your business, but we'll start with your burnout story. Uh, So I have two, one from corporate and one from business. I'll share the business one. I, um, I started in business back in, I would say, 2004. My ex-husband and I had a plus-size lingerie store online, and that's where I learned SEO and was introduced to content marketing. And we learned a a lot about the digital space as it was coming of age, when it, it was like the wild, wild west out there. And so that was a fun, fun experience because we could basically just make our own way and as we learned about that, that that was going well. But we got divorced and um, he went on with the business and I went on, on on a different path. My burnout story, though, is when I was a life coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I kept on blogging. And in 2012, I launched my, my life coaching practice and I was sharing my spiritual experience and my growing growing spiritually. And so I took that content and I moved it over to the life coaching practice and started talking about spirituality and work and how the two intersect. And it was going great. I mean, like the first few years, it was like a dream come true. I had the freedom that I wanted to have. I was doing great work. I loved my clients. I was very passionate. But what started happening is, and I think every entrepreneur kind of goes through this, like. While I love the act of coaching, like I, I enjoyed coaching a lot, I did not enjoy the businessing of coaching, like finding clients and having sales calls and that sort of stuff. And I, I was, I came in with one set of expectations and had a whole different experience. So that's where I burnt out because I was trying all these tactics and things to do and um, I stopped having fun in life and I just kept like grinding, grinding, grinding the the wheels, trying to make this thing work. And eventually it it did. <laughs> like I got it to work, but by the time that happened, I was just so exhausted and so disenchanted 
that, you know, I left that world and I didn't ever think that I was coming back to the world of business. I mm. just was just kind of disheartened with yeah. the process, with that process. And like I said, disenchanted with it. And I, I think I learned too late the power of systems and the power of having processes. Yeah. Uh, I, by, by the time I had gotten to that point, I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. At yeah. All. And I, I feel like there's about 75% of the entrepreneurs that are listening today just said, yep, been there. Like, there's, I don't know anybody that hasn't gotten to the point where they were like, I cannot do this anymore. And they waited too long for a system. They waited too long to hire somebody. This, that's what happened to me. My first like kind of run around with burnout. I was running mm-hmm. a full-time acupuncture practice and it was very successful. And the only thing I could think about when it came to hiring a receptionist was she's going to cost me so much money. So I continued mm-hmm. to do it by myself instead of realizing that if she was there, I could earn more money because I, my time would be split differently. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around because I would have needed somebody full-time. I think I need a full-time employee and I've got to pay employee taxes and she's got to have health insurance. And I was going through all these things and I was thinking, I can't possibly afford this. It might Mm -hmm. have saved that business. I might not even be living in this country right now. Exactly, exactly. When my clients come to me, um, I typically start them off with a strategy salon. It's like a 30-day trial. And they say all the time at the end of that period, I should have called you sooner. Yeah. That's what I keep hearing. It's like, I should have pulled the, pulled the trigger sooner. I should have called you sooner. Um, this is such a relief. And some of them were like, I was afraid of what you were going to tell me because mm. I kind of knew already. And some of, uh, some of them were just like, gosh, I wish I knew this sooner. Yeah. 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 So we get stuck as entrepreneurs. There's so many things to face and there are so many hats to wear. And in the beginning, you kind of do most of us, those people that have a bunch of extra financial resources and can outsource things right away. That's one version of the entrepreneurial journey. It's not the one I hear the most frequently and it's not my lived experience. This is a bootstrap operation. I am the marketer. I was, I was, I am no longer the podcast producer. I was the podcast producer. I was the coach. I am the speaker. I still am the coach, you know, but all the damn hats, the bookkeeping and the, there's so many pieces and people, a lot of times when people burn out in corporate and they're looking toward running their own business for quote unquote freedom, (laughs) they find that they build themselves new jobs. They just have right. another job that they are now in charge of and there's no guarantee of income. <laughs> yeah, you know, for me, that felt even worse because I had left a six-figure corporate career mm. to start my business. And that's the reason why I left so so annoyed and so disenchanted. I was like, I could do this thing. <laughs> I, could, I could be making the six figures and have a team working with me and have a manager that, that kind of like breaks the obstacles and have somebody else give me um, health insurance and all, all those things. All, you know, I think we, we don't see corporate or any other person's business really <laughs> has structure yeah. that we need to create in our own businesses, right? We need, to, we need to set those things up so that we have those edges in our business, so that we have Um, pillars in our business that hold us up. We have great foundations. We need to build to create all of that. I think what ends up happening is that we get on the marketing sales delivery roller coaster and we forget to build in support, which is a key, key component of your business. You have, I call it like three three plus one systems, say, you know, marketing sales and, um, and delivery but you have to have that support. And whether you start delegating to tools or you start delegating to people, you have to find a way to kind of make, to build that into your business. Otherwise it's heading, you're heading for it. You're (laughs) you're heading for burnout and you are compromising your ability to earn. 
And I think this is really important. Like when I started with my podcast production company, I I pay them more now because I have them do more things, but it was $500 a month. Hmm. And I was thinking, I don't know how I am going to pay this every month. I know Hmm. that I could pull it together once in a while. I just, but I don't know that consistently every single month on top of the other that you have to put money aside for taxes and you have, you know, cover the Kajabi and cover the, on top Mm -hmm. of all the other things, another, an extra $500 a month. That's a lot of money. And I was like, and then I started paying attention and I realized that I was spending a full working day every single week on podcast production because I'm not a friggin' podcast producer. And because it was producing the podcast, posting the podcast, writing the show notes, posting the show notes, getting the embed code, putting the embed code in the blog post, making social media posts, scheduling social media posts. It's not just the podcast production. There's all these things that go along with it. And when I started realizing that that's four full days a month that I get back, if I Mm. sell one workshop or one coaching client that's covered. And then I was like, oh, and and it leaves me a whole full day that I can do coaching clients or speaking Mm -hmm. because I'm not using it producing the podcast. And that is not counting the time and mental capacity that you spend thinking about producing the podcast. Yes. So all through the week and on the weekends, you're like, oh my God, I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to do this and I have to do that. And then you get to, I don't know what day you're producing your podcast, but if it's Monday or Wednesday or whatever, you get to that day and you're doing the doing the doing. And then after that, you're like, did I forget something? Did I miss this? Did I miss that? Did I? So it's like constantly on your mind. So I tell, tell people, yes, the time is one thing, the hours, the minutes, the seconds, you get that back for sure. But it's the mental space that it's taking up in your brain that's chomping at your capacity to create as a coach or as a creative. It's like oh. you are focused on these little things that really don't matter. It, it doesn't help your creative mind. It is taking away from your creativity as opposed to nourishing it and building it and, and multiplying it. So never considered it. Yeah. My, my whole body just went, Oh shit. Right. This I'll remember. I remember when I introduced an online calendar for my acupuncture practice the first time I couldn't get one for a long time because I was living in the Czech Republic and 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 because the Czech Republic is so small sometimes software that's available worldwide literally isn't available there yet so you you just we just I didn't have access to it until a certain point and when I was signing up for it I've told this story on the podcast before so you know but I do repeat myself around here so if you've heard it before you know skip forward 15 seconds or whatever but when I when I implemented the calendar, there was a like an announcement that said, if you're seeing 30, if you're scheduling 35 or more things a week, this tool will save you two and a half weeks a year of time. Mm. And I was like, whoa, but that can't be true. So I immediately was like, wow, that's a lot. And then I was like, that's bullshit. But then I did it and I implemented it. I started using it. And I realized that it was saving me about a hundred hours a year because it was about two hours a week that I was spending on it. Let's call it 50 weeks a year for working. That's a hundred hours. A hundred hours is a 40 hour week, a 40 hour week and a 20 hour week. It's two and a half weeks. And I was like, what in the world? But until you just mentioned this mental load portion of it, I knew what that relief was. I felt it but I hadn't, I didn't put a name on it. Just not thinking about, did that person write me back? I have to respond to their email. Are they going to take that slot? Do do I leave it open for someone else? All this stuff that's just going on back here. So systems are for cleaning up the back end of your business, but also for cleaning up your brain. Yeah. Yeah. To give you the space, the capacity to create is what I call it. It's not just about, the time is lovely. I'm not going to say that it's not. 
But what's even better is that mental chatter that stops, that you're not no longer constantly interrupted in your brain or by your team because you have systems in place that they can follow. They know how to make decisions. They know how to, how to um, complete something end to end. And you don't have to worry about it. Like I tell people, it's like, imagine that something went terribly wrong over, you know, on a Monday and you were out of the office. You know, some of my clients, you know, they, they totally blocked their calendar. They're off doing something else completely. Um, they're performing, they're, um, they're working in their farms, they're doing other stuff. You come back on Tuesday and it's like peace. And you don't even, you never even knew that there was a problem there because your team had systems in place to, to address it. Your business has systems in place to address it. So I just mentioned a couple of things like, you know, I could have hired a receptionist at my first acupuncture office. I implemented uh, an online calendar, which almost everybody has now. Anyway, mm-hmm. I outsourced podcast production, but those are the things that come to my head when I think systems. And they might not be the things that come to your head because people are like, systems, which systems do I need? What is the system? What's going on? So what's in your mind when you say systems, like what are you thinking about? Systems are those lived rituals that you've had for doing things in your business, but they are in a form that can be shared with a team or implemented in a tool. So if it's in your head and you're the only one who knows about it, that's not a system yet. But if it's out of you and it's on paper or it's in a Loom video or something where someone can read it and follow it, or you can program a tool to do it, that is a system. I always Mm -hmm. tell people, tools by themselves are not systems. So you can get that calendaring tool, for example, right? And um, you've not kind of written down, even if it's like on scrap paper, written down how you want your calendaring to go. Like, how do you want, which times do you want blocked off? How do you want your people to engage with you? What do you want to send for reminders? What does that email look like? What do you, how do you want to communicate that they need to, that they can or cannot reschedule? If you've not gotten that out of your mind and onto paper, then you're setting up your calendaring tool kind of like piecemeal. And I tell people all the time, tools and your team um, amplify your systems. So systems always run very, very well. They make, you know, t- sorry, tools and your team run very, very well. Brilliant people, great tools. But if you have four systems, it'll make them run well faster. <laughs> so it'll make, it'll make them run poorly faster. And if you have good systems, it will make them run well faster. If you have poor systems, it'll make them make your business grind to a halt and probably blow up. If you have good systems, <laughs> then your tools really enhance your experience as a business mm-hmm. owner and enhance your, you know, your team really enhances your experience as a business owner, no systems. And it's just chaos. that happens. Oh God. You just, I feel guilty over here about my online calendar. It is so, I have done things step-by-step. Step. Nobody else has ever looked at it. I don't even know. I just, I, I, we just went through some shifts that had to be made that I wasn't aware of because I don't have a system. I hired a new coach. Now she's available for people. But when I set up the her calendar, I just attached my emails to it, which meant that her people were coming onto my Zoom because I didn't, there was no system. I was just like, yeah, this is what you need. Hey, this is, I'm just going to do it. Hey, blah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, you know, not, everybody's not perfect, right? So you're not going to get it right every time. So I, um, had the same thing happen with my social media assistant. I was working with her. We were, I've been working with her for probably like seven months now. And I just moved to Gusto, right? It's to, to make her payments. And I did not quite figure out like how this was going to go because we had a way of doing it before, but it was not spelled out like what our process would be. And so I had to spend some time. This is the other thing about systems, right? It's, so it takes time 
to get those rituals out of you, those things that you do kind of like by the back of your hand to written down on paper, because now I had to communicate it to somebody else, the tool to do it for me. Whereas before I would get her invoice, I would pay it. It was like all in my head and all manual. And now it's kind of like, this tool is going to do it. How do we need to set it up so that the tool does it the right way? She's like, Anega, can you pay me, please? Yeah. <laughs> so you want to make sure, I, I, I say, you want to make sure that you do it before. But, you know, you, we are so busy as entrepreneurs and, as, and we're building our practices that our focus is on delivering to our clients. And like I said, it's on sales and on um, sales and on marketing. And so the benefit now is just as you would hire a coach to look at your business and to guide you through the marketing and sales process, you kind of need that third set of objective eyes to look at what's going on and to ask you those questions and also to have the time to document it and to put, to, to get it out of you. So um, if your team, I'm talking to one person right now, she's busy. She's a lawyer. She on her team, they're busy doing a lot of stuff. They don't have time. <laughs> they cannot get themselves away from it in order to write it down and get it on paper. So whenever she has to approve something, it's her that still has to do it because the approval process is not something that the other staff members can do. And so this is, what, this is what I mean by it's lived in you. You kind of need somebody else to kind of get that, to, to take the step back, to see the full picture and to write, get it out, on, get it out of you and onto paper so that you can start to delegate it well. So it sounds like this is really the thing for people and like raising hand emoji for people who tend to avoid delegation because nobody's going to do it as good as they do it. Right. 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 Or um, it may not even be as good or as fast as they will do it. This right. is what they're running into. It's like, oh, I give it to my team, but it takes them like four days instead of me taking doing it four hours. Well, that's because your system sucks. Well, that that's one of them. And two, your team is not you. They're learning as well. People tend to hire very junior people to them. And so they have to come up to speed and get trained. And yeah, you have a system that you use in your mind that you're going through. And it's like, click, 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 click. But when that person has to do it, when the, the stranger to your business has to come in and do it, they're constantly asking you questions because your, your system isn't documented. They're constantly, you know, making mistakes or, and some of them are costly mistakes, like links are missing during launches, mistakes. Yeah. Um, I know somebody that lost like $150,000 during <gasps> a launch because her sales call link was not working. So she did her live trigger and then sent people to the page. And it was like, one thing is off because they didn't have a system to test links before, before that, right? So you want to make sure all those things that you kind of do and you're like, you know, wheeling and dealing and doing it very easy, like the back of your hand, you want to start writing those down and getting your people in the habit of reviewing those and testing them and using them. That's the important part too. Is it still useful for you to get this stuff out if you're planning on remaining a an entrepreneur or just an entrepreneur who hires one person once in a while you know like because a lot of people that I work with have small businesses like they're going to mm -hmm. be doing all the things by themselves so this is what you're saying here is let's get this out so that we can give it to your team but what if you don't have a team great question so if you don't have a team, you're getting it out so that you can automate it, right? Mm. At some point, you're going to need to come out of the picture. And whether you delegate to a tool or you delegate to teams, you still need to get it out of you so that you have it. The other thing is that even though you're one person, this is what I find for myself, thought for myself in the beginning, even though you're one person, you still want to write these things down. So it's not in your head going on all the time. And you're not wondering if you skipped a step or 
also like sometimes you're like, well, which link was it that I went to 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 do this thing? Which link, you know, was my web of world password or what was my um, how did I navigate to um, in in Asana to add this task or whatever? How did I how do I where do I put my client files? How do I name them, for example? Do you want to have to think about how to name a file every time you have to name it? Or do you want to have a file naming convention that you just that that's just the way that you name things? You know, all those decisions that we're having to make all the time, they're eating up our capacity to create. It's like causing a deficit instead of, of adding to it. And yeah. they're little things. Yeah. I think the, the file name thing is something that I personally know that I have struggled with. And although I know that I should know where they are, before the point of hiring the podcast production company, all of the episodes that I did before that are somewhere in my computer or my Dropbox, somewhere, labeled various things in various places. If I had to pull them together, I probably could, maybe. And now I do it differently because they have a system. Yeah. So I use that and it is helpful and does make it easier. So even something, I wasn't really considering that. So even something as simple as how you name your files matters a lot. And you spend yeah. a lot, you spend more time on it than you realize. You certainly oh. spend more energy on it than you realize. Yeah. Yeah. And where to find things is another big thing. Just having a convention for where you put things takes a load off. Again, it's the minutes count, but it's the chatter that happens for you to find it, for yeah. you to wonder, where does this go when you create it? What, where, where should I put it? And then I talk again, because one other person in your business, your assistant, they don't know where this stuff is either. So now every time they have to find something, they're like, Caitlin, <laughs> where should I look for blah, 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 right? And I'm like, I yes. don't know, control F. <laughs> but it's not even named. It doesn't even have a, a, a naming convention. So what am I looking for? <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> Audio and pictures, unfortunately, didn't come with tags, you know, three, four years ago. So now we're, now we're in a, a state of, I've got all this content, but I don't know where it is. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it does. Because, you know, if by, when you were by yourself, create a content library. You know, simple spreadsheet, put everything in there, put a description in, put the link where it is. And so when you start building your team, you have your assistant, they know where to find stuff. And you the know where to find stuff. The idea of having a content library makes me want to puke. <laughs> <laughs> Just the idea of having to like fill out the spreadsheet and remember to do that and add that extra step and do like it. I despise. The only thing that I do a really good job in spreadsheets uh, with actually two things, my finances and, um, which I don't actually have a really good system for, but my finances and podcast stuff. Podcast mm -hmm. stuff I have very well organized. I, I, use, I have my systems, I use my systems, they are working. And they're, mm -hmm. I don't have them written down, but they are definitely there and there's a system. Everything else, oh girl. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is a private therapy session for me, you guys. I don't know if you... <laughs> I don't know if you knew. I tried to hire Aneka months ago and I I did not bite the bullet. And now I'm in tax season. And I'm going to have to wait until that passes and then get back on this train because <laughs> she just reminded me of all the things that are a mess in my computer. I almost did hire somebody recently to clean up like my mm -hmm. files and and make some sort of organization because between school podcasting, content, speaking. 
it's just all over. Oh, it's all over the place. All over. It's all so over. So here's a, here's another thing, right? You talked about what um folks who restrict them and an assistant. Yeah. And I just want to say that sometimes, probably about 80% of the time, I find the folks are like, oh God, I just want it to be me and the assistant. Yeah. Because the thought of having to train anybody else on what's going on here yeah. is scary and maddening and I don't even want to do it. So yeah. it kind of prevents your growth too. Mm. It's like, if you don't, if, if you're kind of like living in a world that you can control and manage very well, maybe you and one other person, then you think about, oh, scaling, making more money, possibly having more products, more clients, more higher rates, whatever it is, there's always that barrier that says, I, I worked with somebody that said um, she was afraid of charging higher rates because her back end was so kind of like, mm. Like she never, she couldn't take on, she couldn't, she didn't feel like comfortable charging someone a premium price because she didn't feel like her client experience was a smooth process yeah. for, the, for a person. Yeah. Um, and I hear a lot of times with solopreneurs, they would rather stay solopreneurs because they know how it works and they don't want to have to share it with, to explain it to anybody else. And so then you know, great. I, there's nothing wrong with with being with, with with whatever income you choose, whatever impact you decide to choose. But at the same time, a lot of coaches got in because they wanted to make a big impact, right? Yeah. And to do that, you need to touch a few more lives. Yeah. Maybe ten times the number of lives that you're touching, and you might touch them through your clients, or you might touch them as the ten x people that come into your space. Well, if your business 10x, either through income, through clients, or you raised your rates, what would that mean for the systems behind it? How would you be able to support that business? And a lot of people don't grow because it's not something that's obvious, but it's something that's kind of subconscious. That's like, yeah. I don't want to grow beyond this point because I don't want 10 times the problems. Yeah. You know, that more money, more problems. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I think this is also important for people who are looking to have a business long term and then have the option of selling the business. It's really hard to convince somebody of the value of a business that you hold if you can't show them how to use the structure and systems that you have in place in order for them to make money. So this is something that's talked about. I don't see it talked about almost at all in the coaching world, but as a speaker, there's a lot of people that are saying, yes, like have your own brand, but also have another brand that you can build up over the years and sell as part of your retirement plan. And somebody said that about four months ago. And I was like, Oh, I have some, work to do because of course like so I'm supposed to work like this until retirement and then just dissolve it all right right is that a good like is that a good long-term business plan not mm. not really I can't sell somebody Kate Donovan right like I when I'm gone I'm gone when I'm not in it I'm not in it but mm-hmm there's a whole set of things that I could create over the next 20 years that could start another entrepreneur's journey off easier. That could set mm-hmm. me up for retirement in a nicer way. That could, there's a million ways to make this beneficial beyond just working time. And as entrepreneurs, retirement is something that we often sort of push to the side because we're kind of, I, I know a lot of people that I talk to are mm-hmm. sort of waiting to like, just make it big and then have all the money in the account. And that doesn't always happen. Yeah. That doesn't always happen. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen in my business over time, but I don't, I can't plan for that long-term. I have to plan to be able to leave this business at some point because I love what I do. But when I'm 72, like give me a fucking break yeah so that and um always like building on this right so I have a client right now 
he has an amazing body of spiritual work. Like one thing like Ramdas level, yeah. amazing body of spiritual work. He wants to retire next year, but he's had one person in his business yeah. that's been doing all the things the whole time. And that person wants to do their own thing too. So now it's like your legacy, your body of work that you have accumulated all this time just ends because you don't have the infrastructure and the systems, the support in your business to keep it going beyond the time when you leave. Think about that. So revenue is one thing in retirement, but a lot of people got into this work again to make an impact. How are you leaving your legacy afterwards? Hay House didn't die with Louise Hay, right? Yeah. It is still going on. Ramdas passed away, still going on. Those bodies of work can continue because those companies had the infrastructure, the support in them, and they did not rely on the one person. The one person was there, yes, but the body of work continues because it has support to continue. Yeah, That's and I'm one thinking of the big reasons I like working with my clients. I'm not releasing. We're uh, somewhere around episode 150 right now, and I'm not even close to done. There's so many more conversations I want to have. So I'm supposed to have 300, 400, 500 conversations and then just let it go because I didn't have a structure in place. Like that sounds, and that's not good for people either. I used to, um, when I, you did B school, right? No, I didn't. Actually. You didn't do B school. Okay. But so I, I did B school 2017, I think. And I remember Marie Forleo saying that she knew how impactful what she created was. And she believes in its ability to change people's lives. And I remember sitting there and thinking, I don't understand how anybody can be so confident and so bold as to mm. say something like that, that's going out to her course gets shared to millions of people. Mm between all of the associates yeah. and everything. I mean, this it's a huge, it's a huge, huge business. And I was thinking, how could you be so bold as to say that you're like the body of work and the thing that you've created is literally changing people's lives. But now, five years later, mm -hmm. I'm like, this podcast could literally change your life. It is not kind, generous, or impactful of me to allow this to disappear if I'm not here to hold it up. Yeah. I see this um, last year. I'm, I'm starting to tear up because last year when I was introduced to you, I was like, I wish that you were around when I was burning out yeah. um, in 2016. And I was listening to your podcast and they were making me tear up. And I'm like, this has to live well beyond you. Your podcast, just the frequency of them, it's very um, pulling. It almost like a bomb kind of thing. So even the information in them, are, it's very, very useful. But the, the tone of it is a healing bomb. And someone listening to, listening to this 10 or 20 years down the road or 30 years down the road, 50 years down the road, um, just like kind of like we read um, the seven habits of highly effective people or think and grow rich. These things we want to move to have beyond us. This is now now I'm do. crying. Now we're both crying. Right. It's so, I just remember sort of getting to that place where I was like, wow, I can, I can say that. I can mm -hmm. say what she said and and not even believe it to be true. I've been told that it's true. I, this is not information coming from me. Now I get why she could say it because probably 4,000 people told her before then this changed my life. Mm -hmm. When people tell you that all the time, you find that, you find that power to say that. I had a conversation with someone today who said that part of her podcast is, you know, she invites people on that could eventually be her clients or you know, could get her to, to create a relationship, you know, in a different way. And I stopped and I said, I don't ever think of that. I have people on my podcast for one reason and one reason only, because the, 
information that they have to share is going to be healing and helpful for my community. Mm. There's no other reason for it. That's it. That's why we're here. Because if you're a burnt out entrepreneur and you're wondering how you're going to make this work and you are drowning under file names and sorting things and the difference between friggin' Dropbox and Google goddamn drive and your desktop and all the different desktops. Why are there so many desktops? Mm. Right? Like if you are that person right now, the reason I have Aneka on today is so that you know that there are better ways to set up your business to make it more sustainable. And now, like you're saying, Inega, to leave space not only for more time, but to allow yourself the space to have the creativity that you want to have, which is the friggin' reason you started this shit anyway. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Yeah. And your work is needed. That's what I want to share with people. Your work is needed. Your work is needed for your people today. It's even needed for you for today. It's needed for your people today. And it's going to be needed in generations to come. So you want to build your business so that it's available for generations to come. It's like building a house of cards or building a hurricane proof home. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Like, are you, are you building, is your business a a house of cards, Uh, a little bit of wind or, you know, one card too heavy and everything just collapses. Right. So when you, when people reach out to you, Mm -hmm. what's your first step? If it's because it feels like when you start the process, it's a lot of questions. And it must, it feels like to me personally, that that process would be extremely uncomfortable for Mm. me on this side being like, well, how do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. How do you not know how I do that? It's so obvious. (laughs) (laughs) Is that how it starts? Do you find that it's uncomfortable for people? Uh, It is. I think the, so the way that I start with people is that you fill out an application and we hop on a call together. And in that call, I do ask you about like, how do you do your legion? How do you do your sales? Because I'm trying to unveil like what's there and what needs to be built. Mm. You know, so I just feel like trying to find that gap. Um, and so, yeah, it's uncomfortable and it hurts. But I was also a chaplain. <laughs> so wait lingerie corporate chaplain life coach yeah can you just can you just be my best friend and then I will have all of those things all of those things right so <laughs> I understand that some icky stuff is going to come up when we start yeah. to talk to each other um, you're going to realize that like the client that I just, I just sent her her findings this morning. Um, what she said was, I was afraid to talk to you because I knew what you were going to tell me, or I thought I knew what you were going to tell me. And I just didn't want to see what was going on. Right. Yeah. So it can be scary, but she also said, I wish I had started this sooner. Yeah. The only reason I waited was because I didn't want to see what was there. So, yeah, it, it could be a little bit um, uncomfortable, but your health through the process. I am big on support. I, that's, that's, that's my jam. That's where I'm living. And it starts with not just the, the stuff that we're going to put in place or the papers that we're going to write and all of that stuff. It starts with the support of you as the business owner going through this process. So. I just felt like a net go under my body, just like, here, we're going to hold you for a minute. And I think that as entrepreneurs, one of the things that's sort of missing in the entrepreneurial world when it comes to burnout, burnout support, burnout prevention, burnout recovery, is that our social systems 
are so critical. And as entrepreneurs, we tend to pull away from people and work in our little bubbles. And we have friends that don't understand what we're doing. And we have our online friends who are also entrepreneurs who like get it, but like they don't actually know us, not really. So it's really easy to bathe yourself in shame for not being good enough, not knowing enough, not having good enough systems, not being able to explain that, you know, it's really easy to pull away and bathe yourself in shame for all the things that you're doing wrong. Because as an entrepreneur, you're doing like 98% of the things a little bit wrong, probably, you know, because it's just, Mm -hmm. you can't do everything well. It's just not possible. And So what it seems to me that this process, while it might be uncomfortable, also opens the door to name some of the shame, which is a healing process, to drop some of the self-judgment, which is a healing process, and to allow space for social support that doesn't typically exist in the entrepreneurial life. Mm -hmm. So all of these things are like, please heal your burnout by getting some systems. Yeah. By getting, yeah, by getting support. By getting support and by getting the shame out. By getting the shame out. That was one of the, I don't know your audience, but coming back into the entrepreneurial space, one of the biggest reasons why I did not want to come back in was the shame of saying that I had failed Mm. and so spectacularly failed. (laughs) I like <laughs> for me it was. So I I grew up in a in a culture where A students are praised and everybody else is not. And so I was always the A student. Mm. I got scholarships to go to, to um undergrad and grad school. And I, you know, I always was the star person I, I in my in my corporate career I always emerged as the star person so I was the person that people would call when their projects went left and they, it was like okay and I cut to the rescue she can do it and then I entered this corporate this entrepreneurial world and I didn't know what what the what what I was doing right I didn't know anything I had no idea um, about marketing and sales none. I mean, I knew myself, but I had no idea on that side. And then now here I am coming to tell you, well, no, there's a fourth part of it that you need, you know, (laughs) you got the marketing part of you're selling well, you finally got clients. And now here's this Annika chick chick talking about, no, that's not good enough. So I just want to reframe that whole conversation that's going on in your mind right now. Let's look at it this way, right? We are in a bold new world. There is no blueprint for building businesses. There certainly is no blueprint for building the businesses that we want to create for the generations to come after us, Mm. right? What I am here for is to use the skills, the talents, my experience from my 20 years of experience to help you build in that support in your business. This, I have no shame here. I have failed also. And I, like I said, spectacularly, (laughs) publicly. (laughs) Yeah. And I really like that you brought up earlier how inhibitory it can be for your growth to avoid hiring someone because you don't have a system to explain to them what you want them to do. Mm Mm-hmm. How important is that? Like, are if you're avoiding hiring someone right now because you don't have a system in place and you don't know how to train or onboard that person and you think that training and onboarding them will take eight times longer than it should because you don't have things written down, set up, videos made, whatever, then like again, you're preventing your own impact. You're preventing your own growth. And if you can sit through that little bit of discomfort of like, shit, how do I do that? I don't know. I just so automatic taking the time to dig into that could save your business and your health long-term. Yep. And enhance your life. It'll it'll let you do the things that you want to do in your life. And in your business. And in your business. Mm -hmm. And Echo, where do people find you? 
Oh, you can find me at sagesimplesolutions.com. And that or, will be in the show notes or? Okay. Or um, I'm always on Facebook. So <laughs> That's totally true, <laughs> <Friend> actually. <laughs> Friend me there and message me there. So it's like a, it's a very quick response process. Yeah. With you. I enjoy that. I'm always on there too, which is how I know. If you had one thing, I think that you already said it, but if you had one thing that you would like business owners to know right now, what would you tell them? I would say that systems are self-care. They are the fourth prong in your business. They they help help to support you and make the time, take the time to invest in them invest in them with your dollars only for this course invest in them with your dollars not an investment not a cost and be well supported as you continue to grow your business you know and so you, you can enjoy that process yep. amen chaplain oh <laughs> taking me back <laughs> all right fried fans i know that as an entrepreneur, there can be so many things to do, but this is a way to bring relief and structure and growth prospects to your business in a way that you might not have considered before. Because while there are plenty of people that work with you on branding and marketing and lead generation and sales, there's not a lot of people out there talking about your systems. In fact, and I think you're the only one that I know. And I've been in the online business world since I don't even know how long. That's, that's wild. So I, I, I know that I need this in my own business. So I thought that some of you out there might need it too, especially if you're burning out doing shit that you don't want to be doing, that you don't love doing, that's not serving you, and that's not getting you any closer to the place that you want to be in your business. So I hope that You find this, you use this, and you implement this in a way that is gentle and with grace and with space for a little bit of self-love in there. All right. You deserve all the good things that are coming your way and then some. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.